Well, let me just start off by introducing someone who really doesn't need an introduction. Um, Three-time NBA champion, 13 uh, All-Stars, yeah. uh, <laughs> one of the most incredible players to watch in the history of the game. Uh, but in addition, an entrepreneur, an investor, a social justice advocate, a parent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Wade. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for staying. I know it's late. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about transitions. We talk about learning. Uh, you made a big jump from the NBA to being an entrepreneur and all the other things I mentioned. What was the catalyst? What was that, that moment when you were playing where you were like, it's time for me to think about the next act? And, and, and what was behind that? Well, um, I, I want to say um, probably around like when the injuries really started hitting me. Yeah. Um, I was about 26, 27 years old. And when you go through major injuries where you have major surgeries, um, you know, it gives you time to think. Yeah. And, you, and you realize, like, man, I may not come back as the same player I was. And so um, I had three, three knee surgeries and one shoulder surgery, and I was like, okay, I need to start thinking about what's next just in case. Um, now, luckily, I was able to play 16 years and, and prolong my, you know, my, my next life. But it was around that time, around injuries. And, and what I did is um, my agent um, and I, Henry Thomas, um, you know, we just always talked about, you know, I was like, Tom, uh, Hank, I need to build a, I need a team around me. Hmm. Uh, one, thing I, one thing I did, you know, at the, around that time is I, I, sought, I sought out Magic Johnson because I really admired the way he went from basketball into business. And I got a chance to come to Los Angeles two summers in a row and, you know, and go to Magic's office and meet with him and ask any questions I wanted. And, you know, and, and so Magic kind of helped me formulate in my mind, um, you know, what I needed to do. Um, and what he pretty much told me is, is I need to lead, you know, and, you know, I have to have the ideas. What year was this? This was around probably 2008, 2009, okay. like okay. I was coming off the Olympics, yeah. you know, um, and things were going good, but I was preparing for the next phase already, you know, and so um, I, I just, you know, me and my agents, you know, we just sat down and we started talking about, you know, building a team and what does that look like? And, you know, it started with my business manager, Lisa Joseph, um, Metellus, and it kind of went from there. We just wanted to put good people around us that, you know, can share in, you know, whatever vision we could create and see what, you know, what we can accomplish. Well, you know, it strikes me that you have been good at team construction for a long time. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the, the dream, I mean, the, the big three. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that was actually taking a risk as well. Like putting that team together took a little bit of an entrepreneurial risk. And I'm going to come back to that. But talk about that decision process and yeah. what it was like well it was it wasn't an easy decision you know i think you know now we look back on it that was 2010 yeah jesus so long ago uh, but you got you know you got a lebron james who is you know in the early stages of his prime not even touching his prime yet right. he's still in it um and i'm in my prime i've already won a championship in miami um, and chris bosh is in the early stages in his prime right and at this time no players have really, at, players of that caliber have all decided to play together. So one, we're taking a public, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of scrutiny behind this, so right. we're taking a risk on our, our individual images and our brand, but also too on our, on, on our games, 
you know, how do you play with, you know, this much talent? And we're not the only players on the team. That's just right. to name three. That's right. We eventually had Ray Allen. You know, we eventually had, you know, Shane Batty and all these great players. So uh, it was a risk. Um, but I like to say, like, for me, at that time in my life, it was about, you know, it was about being a part of something. I wanted to be a part of something that was special. Yeah. Something that we can now, 20, like 20 years later and 13 years later, now we can now talk about it and think about how special it was. Um, you know, I had already won a championship, and that was special. But then I started losing, taking a lot of L's, yeah. a couple 15-win seasons in there. Okay. And so I, w- I just wanted my career to be, you know, something that, you know, I can always look back on and say I did it differently. I did it in many different ways and not just one way. And that was an opportunity that we seized. Yeah, I love it. And speaking of ways, another risk you took was to leave Brand Jordan and to do the way of Wade. Yeah. And, and that, you know, I, yeah, I remember when you did that and, and it's a, it was a big almost an entrepreneurial bet that you took at that time. I did. Everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah. Uh, all the articles was like, what is he doing? And I, I'm a, I grew up in Chicago. I don't know how many. You got any, any Chicago? This is Chicago folks. You got some house. Chicago folks out here? And it was like two people. <laughs> no, it was like nobody. <laughs> I thought they were. <laughs> um, but I grew up in the Chicago Bulls era. I mean, I got a chance to watch the Six Rings, and I got a right. chance to be that, you know, that fan, that kid. I mean, my dream of becoming an NBA player started by watching Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. Right. And so I've always wanted to be a part of Brand Jordan, and I got my opportunity. Oh, I forgot that. Me- okay, so that was an even bigger move. Yeah, it was a big you move. grew up yeah. watching the brand that you were now part of. And yeah. Then like, okay. And so it was, it was like a dream come true, yeah. right? It was like, yeah. you know, I, I was home. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did it for, for about three years. And in the midst of it, I'm, I'm a learner. I like to learn. And I sat back and I kind of watched and I was like, man, Jordan is really making a lot of money off us. <laughs> right. I ain't really making nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, this is an amazing concept. Uh, but it really, I just felt like I was just really looking at it. I was looking at my, at that time when I was with Jordan, I started when I was 27. And so it was around the time when LeBron came um, until I was 30. And I just really was looking at, you know, kind of where I was and where I wanted to be and what I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. And the brand is amazing and it's great, but it's, it's Michael Jordan's brand. No matter what Dwayne Wade do, I will never be bigger than Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's yeah. brand. Yeah. And so we sought out to, you know, go find our opportunities and how we can build and how we can grow, you know, this whole, you know, in, in sports you hear legacy is the word that people throw around. Well, we wanted to build legacy and future. And I can honestly say today I'm happy that I made that move because now my son is, is signing to my, to my shoe brand. And so that's legacy for me. Yeah. And so it, be, it was a good gamble. Yeah, good. Excellent. Thank yeah, you. give it up. Uh, I, I think it's, we're, you know, this is a room full of entrepreneurs and investors and limited partners, and we're in the business of risk. And so we appreciate that. And I think, you know, your, your ability and willingness to take risk in forming the team or in moving away from Brand Jordan into Wave Wade, it's, it's actually now probably, it's still part of your DNA, and you're probably bringing that to the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. You've started multiple companies now, everything from uh, from uh, Proudly, which is... Uh, My wife and I. Yeah. Okay, uh, which, which is a baby care company for uh, for babies of color. And yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about how you're, you're approaching the entrepreneurial world and, uh, you know, how your experiences in basketball uh, and taking risk have, have fed into that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I got this risk taking... I don't know why it's following me. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to... Because it's paid off. 
Well, it's, it's paid off, and it makes you feel. It's something about it, right? It's something about these risks. It's something about it. Just makes you feel alive, yeah. you know. Too when you're a part of of building something, and and you know, and if you're lucky enough to create something or been on the ground floor or something, and so. Um, you know, one part of my business that I invest in and that we build is the consumer goods part of it, right? That's the Proudleys of the world. Yeah. Um, is in Target right now. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, my wife and I, you know, really it just came out of a need. Um, you know, the, the need for, um, you know, a baby care line in, in the community of melanated babies. Um, you know, it just really came out of our daughter, Kavia, who's four years old. You know, we just, when she was born, we just... We realized at one point we had everything on the on the shelves in our home, and it wasn't one thing that we can that we can go to. It wasn't one home that we can go to that really worked for cops for cops can. Right. And so you know we know that other families you know deal with and will deal with and continue to deal with um, you know kind of being lost in the space when they have their babies. And we really care. We might not care about our skin as much, but we really care about our kids, oh, yeah. right? Like, we want the best. Right. And so we we sought out to do that, and you know um, we we teamed up with a great team and a an A frame who's done some amazing partnerships to go out and build this brand, and so we're very early in it. We're like a year and a half in. Uh, we we thankful for the partnership at Target, but we have a lot more work to do for people to understand uh, what this brand is, and you know hopefully it can become a staple in our community. That's fantastic. Well, congrats on that, and uh, you know the other company, uh, uh, 59th and Prairie. That's a production company. That's, that's uh, Chicago for the two people. Okay, for the two people. That cloud, that's, that's the street I was born and raised on. Oh, really? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, and, and it's a production company. You have a couple of really interesting projects. You want to talk a little, bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, so, um, you know, this, we, we're, in a, we're in a world right now where content is king. Yeah. And to have the opportunity to retire um, right away, um, I actually, I don't know how many people watch uh, sports in here, but I was on TNT for three years. Um, so I had signed a deal with Warner Media, and a part of my deal outside of the TNT side of it um, was also um, a production company. And so we developed 59th and Prairie um, to be able to tell stories, you know, to be able to, um, you know, support, support, you know, obviously great writers, um, you know, that don't, do, once again, do not get the opportunity. Um, and we wanted to be able to have them, a, a, you know, a part of what we're trying to build. You know, we're trying to find what our ethos is as a, as a, as a company. But we're doing that. We're getting behind. Um, you know, we've been able to executive produce Broadway plays. Um, Ain't No More was, was a Broadway play that we got behind. Um, we've, we've been able to, you know, executive produce the Redeem team, a story that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, and so forth and so on. Like, we continue to try to, you know, get content out there, get stories out there, um, support stories, support writers, support, um, you know, storytelling. I think everything is, is about storytelling. That's, that's, that's what I fall in love with. That's why I love music. That's why I love podcasts. That's why I love audio books. I love, you see, I said audio books are not reading. Um, you have a favorite? Uh, well, I just, so I'm, right now I just, favorite what? Audio book or book? Well, right now I just, uh, I just finished this morning, actually. Uh, I was up at 4.30 this morning, and I just finished my audio book, Went in the Dark. Okay. Uh, amazing book uh, with a lot, of, a lot of nuggets in there. Um, and so, you know, that's my, that's the latest one I just did, but it's all about storytelling for, for us. And so our production company is, you know, we're very early in it, but we're trying to tell stories and we're hopefully stories that multiple people, um, and multiple families can relate to. Okay. Yeah. One theme that, uh, it, it seems to have followed you as well, in addition to risk is just being a lifelong learner, yeah. learning how to play different roles on teams, learning how to start a business, learning how to invest. Um, learning how to think about storytelling. 
any advice you can give me and us on just how to, to, to stay in that mode? We're living in an age where the future of work is just changing everything, and we're all having to be lifelong learners. It doesn't stop after college. Yeah. What, what did that come from, and, and how do you keep yourself in that mode? Well, I think it's, you know, probably my mom and my dad. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, you look at your parents, you know, especially as you get older, you realize that you are them. Yeah. Um, and so I got to give a lot of credit to them. But I, I never want to stop learning. You know, why would I? I, I know a minuscule of what, what's in this world. I, I know a very small amount. Um, and it's such, it's such a, a big world out here. And there's so much to learn. And, and now we're living in a time where information and, and, and things are coming to us rapidly. Yeah. Like, you know, it was slow for a while. You know, now it's, it's coming. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't stay up on, you know, all the things that's happening in this world, you, you're, you're left behind and you're lost. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always, you know, wanted to learn, especially when I have the right teacher. Um, I've always been like that way in school. If I have the right teacher, then I'm in. It's like a good book, right? And so I never want to stop learning. I would love to learn from you know everybody that I, that I come across. I want to be able to take something um, from them because we've, me and you, uh, we live two different walks of life. Your experiences is different from my experiences, and so I can learn from that. And I think that's for me. That's how I learn everything I know in life is by experiences and by experiences and talking to others and communicating. And so I, I never want to stop learning. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you're an investor in the Utah Jazz. I know you have a relationship with. Ryan, um, former founder of Qualtrics and now owner of the co-owner of the Jazz. Yeah. Are you getting more into investing now? Are you excited about sort of the world of venture capital or the world of team ownership? Is that something that's uh, a theme for you? Well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a plan. Okay. You know, like I really, I retired and, um, you know, it was just like, luckily I, I did. I got, I got kicked out of the NBA and I was like, okay, well, I got three rings. Okay, that's good. Um, I got a few businesses. I got a few endorsements. Okay, that's right. good. But I still felt like I was I was lost, you know. And I had to find my way. I, I'm still in this. I'm still in a space right now. And this is you know kind of my my mentality. It's like I'm enjoying the traffic right now. Like you know, as I find you know my purpose, yeah. you know, in this next phase of my life. And in the midst of it, I've been lucky enough to be able to invest in the Utah Jazz and invest in Real Salt Lake in Utah. Um, you know, invest in other things with, with, with the Smith family, um, but also other people as well. And so um, I'm just in this space where, you know, opportunities are coming, but also, too, I'm going out and I'm trying to find opportunities Yeah. at the same time um, because I, I have to teach my kids. I have to teach my family. I'm the first generation to be doing any of these things. Right. And so I'm a teacher in my family, and it's on me to, you know, to leave that, that footprint. And so... I'm trying to go out and learn as much as I can so I can go back and whisper to my family like, yo, so let me tell y'all. <laughs> up, right? You know, I got a 21-year-old son. I got to tell him something. Yeah, I, I appreciate that so much. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of the work that you're now doing around social justice also sort of reflects your willingness to learn. Um, and, you know, I think there are probably lots of parents in here. Yeah. My son just turned 18. I can't believe it. And I'm just thinking, like, what does it mean to be a parent now to an older, to an adult? Um, but maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, learning as it relates to parenting. You, you've been very vocal about the experiences you've had, and I yeah. think we're all learning and appreciating your learning journey in that and trying to apply it to our own lives. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's a learning journey. And, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm never the person to tell anyone how to parent their, their own kids. So I don't want, want nobody to ever get that confused. Um, but I do know that, um, you know, when people share what they're going through in life it helps other people 
Um, is it, you know, we all go through, a lot of us go through similar things, um, especially in certain communities, we go through way more similar things than outside of the community um, as well. So, you know, I've just, my wife and I, has just taken, you know, a different approach to how we were raised. Uh, you know, we were kind of raised where kids, you really don't, you don't get to say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. shut up, you listen. That's right. And I'm not saying that was a bad thing. I turned out okay. Uh, but our kids are different. Um, and we decided to raise our kids different. And so we decided to, yes, we do, we do use our mouth to, to, right. to, to educate our kids on things that they don't know. But we also use our ears to, to listen to things that we don't know. I think when you actually listen to this next generation coming up, you realize um, how smart they are. And how, how I think that our generation, know, this new generation, know themselves way better than we know ourselves. You know, even to this day, you know, if you actually listen. And so for us, um, you know, we've taken that approach, you know, with our kids of sitting down and, and treating them like human beings and not treating them like we own them. Yeah. Um, you know, one, they got to take care of us in a, in a couple of years. We're getting a little older. Uh, we don't want them to be mad at us. But uh, two is just really just seeing them, seeing them for who they are. You know, they're, you know, it's not Dwayne Wade, the, the third is Zaire Wade. He's his own individual. Right. Zaya is her own individual, and so we're treating them as individuals. And in the midst of that, they have their they have their their hopes, their dreams, their wishes. They have things that they want to see and accomplish and do. And this is our job as parents, right? Our job is not just to tell you what to do. Our job is to help you, you know, find you know who you are and what you want to do. And so you know, that's just the way we've decided to go by it, and it works for our kids. You know, right. we see happiness. We see joy. We see ability to be able to communicate. Me and my son can sit up here and talk like you and I about all things. Um, and that's the kind of relationship that we wanted to have and I wanted to have with my kids. And so um, I don't know if that's a new school way of parenting. I don't know if people roll their eyes when they be like, no, nah, that's not how you do it. But that's how we do it. And I, and I just know that there's so many different ways to be um, you know, a parent. It's not just one way. And, you know, I, I've learned that. So Yeah, well, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful example and an inspiration. And, and you, you mentioned when you made the transition to, you know, business from basketball, like finding yourself, like finding that purpose again and that journey of yeah. figuring out what your own authentic purpose is now that you're outside of basketball. And it's, it sounds like it's just, you're living it, right? You're living it by example, and you're now actually working with your kids on the same thing. So it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm in love with my kids. I don't know if everybody can say that. I'm in love <laughs> with mine. You know, I think, you know, we all have purpose, you know, our purpose in this world. My mom told me when I was a kid, she always used to say, your, your life is bigger than basketball because I wanted to be an NBA player. Yeah. I wanted to be yeah. a basketball player. And she always said my life was bigger than that. And I really didn't. I was like, yeah, mom, whatever. <laughs> I want to be right. Jordan. I don't <laughs> Right. And then I, you know, then I had kids, and my kids started growing older, and you know, and and then I got custody of my kids um, in 2010, and I realized at that point my life is bigger than basketball. That's right. It's not just about me, and I had to make my life about them as well. And you know, that's where my joy come in. At. Like I can win a championship, that is amazing. That you got to get ready for the next season. It fades yeah. quick. Yeah. You know, when my kids win, that stays with me forever. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I know where my, I know where it makes me happy. And I, and so I want to I want to go towards happiness. And what makes me happy is to be able to see, you know, my kids, you know, have all the opportunities in the world, all the resources in the world that they can have, because I know so many kids that do not. I was one of them. And it's a community and it hasn't changed. You know, our community still is suffering. And so, you know, my kids get a little a little head start. I want them to take that head start and, and don't forget, you know, to make sure that they 
they pull somebody up and they reach back um, on their way. But I want them to, to have to have that in this world. I want them to have these opportunities to be able to go out and create whatever they want in this world. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Well said. Um, I would also be remiss if I did not congratulate you on two things. Your announcement that you have been uh, nominated to uh, be a, fin- or a finalist now in the NBA Hall oh, of Fame. Yes, thank you. That's that's going to happen. That's going to happen for sure, obviously. And then more recently, you won the NAACP's highest award, the Presidential Award, yeah. um, for social justice. So congrats on that, too. Thank you, guys. Um, you have an organization that is focused on social justice. Um, and it, can you tell me a little bit about that and, and how you got to it? And- yeah, um, the Social Change Fund, um, you know, Carmelo Anthony, you know, Chris Paul, myself, um, all three of, of our leading ladies um, in our business that um, really keep us in check. Uh, we all, you know, we all came up with this idea together. You know, we, we realized that, you know, we all have our individual foundations and the things that we do. Um, but we also realized that our collective um, power together uh, is, 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 more, is more powerful if we get together and collectively. And so, you know, we, a couple years ago, um, you know, around the George Floyd um, incident, yeah. uh, we came out with the Social Change Fund. And, you know, in that fund, um, you know, we were able to, you know, focus on, you know, different pillars that is important, you know, to not only us, to important to everybody who's a part of it. CJ McCullough is a part of it, Candace Parker, and so on. We all have things that we're passionate about. Um, and so um, to be able to, once again, use our collective power to be able to find resources um, for something that, you know, if it's, if, it's, um, if it's about voting, hey, let's put our resources together and let's make sure we go out and we try to find, you know, all the, all the people who say they want to put money towards something. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. We, out, we out here. We wow. have a fund to be able to do that. We have a, a foundation for that. And so um, it's, it's, been, it's been a challenge, to say the least, but it's been something great that all of us can be a part of that, once again, that is not just about um, us receiving. It's about us giving. It's about us understanding that it's people that is really out here on the forefront that's actually doing the hard work, that's doing the real work. Um, and so since we are able to have the resources, let's put the resources to where it should go. Um, and it should go to you know, the ones that got the boots on the ground. Well, it's well said. Dwayne Wade, I want to thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Wade.